0: Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Um, I'm so glad that you are with us today, whether you're here in person or whether you're joining us online. We are glad uh, to have you. I also want to say a special shout out to Carol, uh, our fellowship director, and to uh, Shay Smith, who put uh, that video together. Um, so thank you all for doing that. Um, all right, let me. Yeah. Was there anybody else? Is that just two of y'all? Yeah, yeah, thanks. Um, all right, so let me let me uh, um, ask you a question. Do you have a Christmas wish list this year? Right? Yeah, no? How many of you do have one? Even if it's just in your head. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so I've got one, and it's kind of a little unfair because I know the stuff that I want on my list I'm not going to get already because my wife and I have already had this conversation because I need to be part of the buying process on these things because one of them that I want is a watch. And I haven't worn a watch since the mid-90s, so this is a big step for me. So, you you know, I need to be involved in the process. I also want a record player. I want a turntable. Uh, we've got this cool space. That would, that would be great. Again, it requires me to be part of the process. So I say all that, knowing whatever's under the tree for my name will be great. But on my Christmas wish list are those two things, right? For those of you who do have a Christmas wish list, what's what's on it? Like what do you what do you want for Christmas? Just shout it out. What do you want? What do you want, Phoebe? A what? A hoverboard. Nice. Be careful, I've seen videos. <laughs> or unless you want to make $10,000 on AFV. Dad, you can do it. Nathan, you can do it. Um, what else? What, what, give me one more thing. What else is on your, your Christmas list? Books? Books? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Good job, Greens. Good job. Good job. Good um, job. Uh, I. I... I have never had a book on my Christmas wish list. <laughs> So I don't know what that's like, um, but I'm glad that you do, that we're all unique, aren't we? And, and, and that's great. I hope, I hope you get them. And and I love this idea of like wanting something and hoping that it's under the tree. Like, like, like it's really nice to have something to want and, and and to wonder if the presents that are under the tree are the things that you've asked for, right? The 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 things that you want. And here's what's fun: maybe, maybe some of you have done this. Have you ever, have you ever like? You know, when nobody's in the room, you've already spied out which presents have your name on them. Have you ever kind of picked it up, shook it, tried to feel it, try and figure out what it is? Anybody do that? Yeah. Anybody done that with the presents this year already? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for your honesty. I appreciate that. Do you think you know what it is? Yes? Okay, good, 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 good. Um, You see, here's the deal anticipation that we feel. Does everybody know what I'm talking about? Like, like, what is this present that's under the tree for me? That anticipation that you feel of what could this be is very similar to the way this nation called Israel, ancient Israel, felt about this coming Messiah, right? We celebrate Jesus being born, right, on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And if you rewind the clock, Hundreds of years, even they knew that he was coming, they just didn't know when. And so, that anticipation that you feel for those presents that are under the tree are very similar to what the nation of Israel felt waiting for this coming Messiah. Because you see, they had this idea of a wish list too about who this Messiah would be. But what's interesting is it wasn't a wish list that they came up with, it was a wish list that God gave them, and God gave them. Clues and these hints and these prophecies, if you will, about who about who this Messiah would be, and the fulfillment of all of their wants and all of their needs would be found in the coming Messiah, in the Savior. And all through the Old Testament, God would drop these clues and drop these hints and and speak these prophecies through 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 prophets that would tell them more and more about who Jesus is is going to be who the Messiah would would be like and and, and what he would be like. And so they would hear these prophecies and these clues and these hints, and they would try and figure it out, much like you do when you shake that present under the tree and, and try to figure out what's there. That's what they would do with these prophecies. Now, let me ask you this. Have you ever been surprised by what you got for Christmas? Like maybe what was under the tree and what you unwrapped was something that was beyond what you expected. Maybe it was you didn't even put it on your Christmas wish list because you knew there's no chance. Right? Or maybe you put it on there, but you knew there was no chance of getting it. And sure enough, there it was. Like, have you ever been surprised in a really good way about what's under the tree? Well, you see, Jesus was kind of like that surprise. He was kind of like a surprise that even though they knew to look forward to and knew that, that, that he was coming, right? He was the surprise that the whole package of Jesus, very few saw coming, right? He's the present under the tree that nobody expected. Now, we've been going through this series on Advent called The Blank That Stole Christmas, and we've talked about loneliness, and we've talked about busyness, and we've talked about grief, and we've talked about confusion. And we've talked about those things that, that can help us lose the joy of Christmas, that it can help us forget what Jesus has done for us during this season. Well, for this one, I've switched it a little bit to this. Instead of the blank that stole Christmas, it's the surprise that saved Christmas. Because that's what Jesus is is he he is and was the surprise that saved Christmas. Now what I want to do for the next oh well we almost got it the. Su- <laughs> it's all right y'all know what I meant right the surprise that saved Christmas not stole it. Um, Uh, But what I want to do for the next few minutes is I want to talk about the, the wish list that God gave, some of these prophecies that God gave. Now, he gave hundreds of them. So I should be able to get you home sometime tomorrow to be able to open those presents. We're just going to go through them all. No, we're going to do four, all right? We're going to do four of them. And, and, and here's, what, here's what we're going to do. What I want to do is I want to show you what the people, as they, as they thought about these prophecies, as they tried to interpret these clues, what they thought, and then we're going to see how Jesus surprised them all. In the way that he came, how God surprised them on how, how Jesus was the surprise fulfillment. But I'm going to need your help because here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read a verse to you. It'll be on the screen in just a minute. And then what's going to happen is I'm going to tell you how most people thought God was going to bring that prophecy, bring that clue into reality, into fulfillment. And then I'm going to say, but, and then I want y'all to say, surprise. All right, and then when y'all say surprise, I'm going to tell you how Jesus fulfilled that and how really Jesus is so much better than what people thought and what people wanted. Okay, so you ready? Okay, well, okay, then we'll just do it anyway. All right. So here's the first one. Here's the first clue. In Jeremiah 23, verse 5 the prophet said, "This. Behold, the days are coming," declares the Lord, "when I will rise, raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land." Now, when the nation read this, right, and they read this prophecy, this this part of this this wish list. From God, It was easy for them to assume that God was going to give them a king because they were used to kings. They were familiar with kings. They had some really great kings and they had some really bad kings, but they understood kings. And, and as they, they looked at this, they knew that, that this coming Messiah would be in the line of David. And they thought, oh, he's going to be a king, right? And maybe he'll be a king like David or, or Solomon and, and he'll be wealthy and he'll be powerful. Maybe he will have a palace. But, Surprise! okay, y'all did it. Good, good, good. All right. <clears throat> Here's the deal. Our king wasn't born in a palace, was he? No. He wasn't born to a rich family. He was born to a common family. He was born to a, a poor family, right? And not in a palace, but where was he born? In, the, in a manger, in a stable, where the animals are. And like, like our kids told us, like... The smell in there probably was a bit much, right? That's where he was born. You see, and this was a big surprise, and it was so much better because God's surprises are always so much better than what we can anticipate. Right? See, our king wasn't concerned about wealth and power. He wasn't concerned about having a family name that he had to protect for the lineage and, and for the for the next generations and generations and generations. He wasn't born in a palace and needed to protect borders. Instead, he was born into a family just like ours. Right, And that's so much better. Now, there's another one. How about this one? Therefore, the Lord himself, this is from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. And behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now then, as they, as they anticipated a coming king, right, maybe in a grand palace, maybe maybe bigger than, than, than any palace that David or Solomon had, right? right, they understood that there would be this sign. be born of a virgin. And it's like, I don't don't know about that. But listen, listen, what we do know is that this sign that God's going to do something great, if he's going to be born of a virgin and shall conceive and bear a son and call his name Emmanuel, that this king is going to be born, right? He's not just going to show up. He's going to be born. And here's the deal. In, 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 In kingdoms, when a king has a son, there's always this grand announcement, right? We still see glimpses of it in the, in the British monarchy, right? When, when they have a son or when their kids have, have a son and have children, there's this herald that comes out. And he unrolls this scroll and does the hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. Today, a son is born to uh, Harry and Meghan. If you watch the documentary, you can see a clip of it. <laughs> Right and, and, they, and they read that and make this declaration. And so maybe, maybe if they did that then, they would have this picture in their head of, of this, this royal baby being born and, and maybe this, this herald coming to this royal court to announce it or maybe even a town square to announce it. But, okay, good, y'all are still with me. That's what's great. Our king wasn't announced by a herald in a royal court. He wasn't announced in a busy town square, right? It was to a group of shepherds in a field. Now, the thing about shepherds is nobody liked shepherds. They were the lowest of the low, right? Maybe because they stank, which is probably why they fit right in in a manger, right? They smelled like animals, right? People didn't want to be around them. And instead of this royal servant that they expected to make an announcement, there was this heavenly choir of angels that sang to them about the baby being born. Now let me ask you, do you want a human standing in front of you with a scroll saying, Hear ye, hear ye? Or do you want this choir of angels announcing the birth of a baby? I would love to see a choir of angels wouldn't you? You see, what God did, the surprise of Jesus, is so much better because what we see in this is we see the eternal connecting with the common, right? We see heaven reaching out to the lowest of humanity, the shepherds, an eternal good and loving God reaching out to humans just like you and me. Now, one more so, uh, two more. So the third one says this. May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. And may all the kings fall down before him. And all the nations serve him. From Psalm 72. Now they would read this, this passage. And they would think of this royal parade coming into town. Right? With these kings bringing all their entourage. And making this, this big deal about a new king. But. Alright. We did have kings come. But they didn't come during the day in a large parade. They came at night because they followed a star. They didn't get some formal birth announcement. They followed a a star. And this is so much better because these kings arrived, not by some, some, some formality, but they arrived by faith. Right? They arrived by faith, and they weren't even Jewish. This king born into the ancient nation of Israel wasn't just for Jews. He was for everybody like you, And me. You see, these kings were from a far off land and they had the faith to follow the star to this baby and king and worship him as the savior that he is. And in them we see how to live by faith in God, that we follow by faith and we worship God. And then there's this one. And all your offspring and in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. You see, this is a promise. This is a prophecy given to this guy named Abraham, who is the father of the nation of Israel. And ancient Israel read this. And it's real easy to think we are going to be a rich nation, right? Because we're going to be blessed so that we can bless others. We're going to be social welfare for the world. They're going to come to us and we will take care of them. But. Okay, good. Good job. That was the last one. Y'all have done great. But surprise, like the blessing that our king gives is salvation. And it's this withness of God. Because remember, they said his name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. And this Jesus that we worship is the very presence of God in us. When we say yes to him and yes to his offer of salvation, it's not the prosperity of one nation to benefit all. It's one man, Jesus, bringing God's presence to all. And that's such a better surprise, isn't it? Now, my question to you as we finish off is, is can you let Jesus still surprise you this Christmas season? Maybe if you haven't said yes to him because you think you've got God figured out and Jesus is just this other, other character in the story of the Bible, he's just another man that's wise and, and, and could teach really good and he was a great leader. Will you open up your heart and let him surprise you and show you the God he is? And for those of us who have said yes to Jesus, my question to us is, does Jesus still surprise us? With how much better he is. Better than what we think, better than what we know. Do we let Jesus surprise us still? You see, this Jesus is our King, and that's why, that's why we light these Advent candles. We light these Advent candles because Advent is a time to remember when, when the nation of Israel, when all of history waited for Jesus to be born. And, and, and this last candle that we light is the Christ candle. Because tonight's the night that we celebrate his birth. And tonight's the night that that we can, even if only for a little while, amongst the craziness and the busyness that is Christmas and the family in and cooking the food and cleaning the kitchen 15 times and all the things that get to get done, that we can still take a little bit of time and open up our hearts to let Jesus surprise us. And what we're going to do is we're going to light these candles, and and it's part of my favorite thing to do in the years. We're gonna, I'm gonna light a candle, and, and Jared and Rick, if y'all will come up, um, I'm gonna have them help, and we're just gonna go through, and and light candles. They're gonna hold their candle straight up like this, and then you're gonna stick yours on the uh, you know to the side and light yours, and and shortly this whole room will be filled with just candlelight as we turn off all the other lights. And as we do, when the room gets about a third, halfway full, we'll start singing a song. And as we do, that's my prayer for us, is that we'll still let Jesus surprise us. So let me pray real quick. Jesus, you are good to us. We do ask that you continue to surprise us with how good you are. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.